0: I happened to catch an NPR program this week concerning growing national interest in what is referred to as no-gift Christmas. Several journalists and a number of listeners chimed in on the advantages as well as the complications of developing non-consumerist traditions at this time of year. Some pointed out the benefits to the environment, others spoke of establishing familial habits and relationships that were dependent upon heightened expectations around getting more and more stuff. All of us moan about the seasonal advertising that now begins before Thanksgiving. We're awash with messaging 24 seven about how we're supposed to find happiness in getting or giving lots of things and what a necessary component this is for our national economic vitality. It's become a seeming citizenship responsibility for us to spend into debt to keep the markets humming. This is Christmas in America 2018. At one point in the radio program, a call-in mother reported becoming consumed with providing for her children a perfect Christmas. And by that, she meant the whole Megillah. Gifts, decorations, parties, whatnot, and hoo-ha. She was captured by an addictive desire to create an ideal outcome for her kids and extended family a very tall order also impossible and honestly from the point of view from the manger completely missing the point cultural and personal expectations swamping consciousness well recently i discovered a little interesting historical factoid that you may not know i did not know this christmas has not always been so in United States, back in the middle of the 18th century, about the time the Wesley brothers were founding their Methodist movement in the States, the established Puritans of New England actually outlawed the celebration of Christmas. According to one reporter, they had come to believe that the Feast of Christmas involved a great deal of intemperate behavior During the long winter nights, people feasted in excess, got drunk, engaged in wanton sex, rioted in the streets, and barged into the homes of the well-to-do, and demanded that they be given the best of the pantry. Christmas back then looked more like a frat party gone horribly wrong. It was far from sweet and mild. One public notice, because that's how government appealed to the Citizens was by posting public notices. One warned its citizens, the observation of Christmas having been deemed a sacrilege, the exchanging of gifts and greetings, dressing in fine clothing, feasting, and similar satanical practices are hereby forbidden with the offender liable to a fine of five shillings. And then this little addendum which I find interesting. Because of the Puritan influence, the United States Congress regularly met on Christmas Day until 1855. Friends, given current conditions, would that not be a good tradition (laughs) to reestablish? Public schools continue to meet on Christmas Day in Boston until 1870 that would surely have put a damper on our custom for two weeks of vacation and lots of travel about this time of year. We're a long, long way from those days. Much of what we now take for granted as part of our holiday traditions came about during the Victorian era when the Christmas we now think of nostalgically became emblematic of warm family times that everyone aspired to. I'm guessing that the mother who called in about wanting to create the perfect Christmas for her children had that nostalgia in mind. The idea of the perfect family, the perfect outcomes, and the perfect gifts, and so forth. You know what I'm talking about here from all those holiday cards with the picture-perfect kids and moms and dads and the Christmas letters recounting all of the wonderful exploits of the past year. It's a variation of the Facebook and Instagram fictions people post packaging their public personas in masquerade, hiding the more complicated aspects of their real lives. We all do this to some degree. We all want to present well especially at this time of year when happiness seems what everyone's after every which way getting it scrambling for it any way they can now i'm no scrooge i like some of the nostalgic trappings of the season and i am somewhat invested in creating festive hospitality in our home especially for my now grown children and our circle of friends and our grandkids and I want the church well appointed and have lots of candles and so on but but friends I let go of perfection a long time ago and not only for my sake but for everyone else's sake as well No one would have thought a manger in a barn was the perfect setting for giving birth. The more we make it pretty and drowned in impossible expectations, the further we move from the opportunity the occasion presents. Jesus comes speedily to us in our need and emptiness rather than our fullness. The more we engorge on attempting to fulfill impossible expectations, the further we move from the manger with its meager provisions. Our gospel lesson this morning tells a joyful but humble story about two pregnant women who delight in their condition. Young Mary and her older cousin Elizabeth celebrate the gift of life, but, but let's be clear that these are women of meager means. They have each other, which is not nothing, but they have no place or power. As far as the world is concerned, they're nobodies from nowhere. And as we've pieced their stories together, we learn that Mary and Joseph have a complicated relationship precisely because of Mary's pregnancy. Joseph turns out to be a stand-up guy and will remain her betrothed, but given their poverty, they must endure the kinds of humiliations that all poor people must endure. Like giving birth in a cattle shed, for instance eventually becoming refugees as they will flee to Egypt to save their lives and the life of their son. Did you forget that Mary and Joseph and Jesus were refugees? We know all about refugees today, don't we? Don't we? About parents fleeing desperate circumstance for the sake of their children We could spend some useful time considering our immigration and border issues through the lens of these precious Christmas stories and learn a thing or two about holy hospitality. But for now, I want to stay with Mary. Did you catch the topsy-turvy content of her famous song, You know, in Latin it's called the Magnificat, and it's been the source of thousands of musical settings. We've made it beautiful over the years, but its content is actually revolutionary, and it comes from the mouth, get this, of a pregnant teenager who has a clear and radical understanding of her actual circumstance and the world's power arrangements. My soul magnifies the Lord, she sings, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. He has shown the strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones, and he has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. The perfect Christmas Mary dreams up is very, very different from the one running rampant in our culture today. Notice, friends, that God comes to Mary in her poverty, not her wealth. In her emptiness, not her fullness. In her need, not in her perfection. Unfortunately, our tendency is to get this exactly backwards. Humble is the true byword for Christmas. Humble, empty, open-hearted and open-handed those are the qualities the gifts we might bring to the major this year at least that's my suggestion to you i hope to see you manger side tomorrow night but if you're unable to be with us and we'll visit another stable somewhere else or we'll skip the stable altogether in favor of another sort of holiday festivity Don't do any of this with over-the-top expectations. Someone is bound to let you down, not measure up or otherwise thwart your best laid plans. When that happens, and it will happen because That is the nature of our fickle expectations. Be very, very glad for the opportunity to remember how it went down for Mary and Joseph. The awesome gift was given to them in their humility and their poverty. And so, friends, so has it always, always been for those who would seek and find God.